0: G'day, folks. It's a coach here, and we are talking all things Ogre Moore Tribes. I have a special guest, a man who, well, might need some introductions. I asked him what social media is, and you know, he's like, none. I'm like, how do you make my life a little bit harder? But he has street cred, and significant street cred, because he went 5-0 and o at the Las Vegas Open with the Ogre Moore Tribes. Partially, I want to say that I could see it happening, but for most parts, when I saw it happening, I was relatively surprised. When I looked at the top eight Ross, I was like, right, yep, cool. Living City's doing well. Soul doing well. Where's the Lumineth? What how did Soul Blight zombies get in there? And then Little Old You, I think, came in at fifth uh, or fifth or sixth. There was something around like you were five and oh. I'm like, how on earth did Stonehorns go five and oh undefeated? at the Las Vegas Open, a 200-odd player event. So first off, my introduction is Russ Tanner. I mentioned earlier he's already gone 5-0. and But more importantly, you went to the Knockout Finals, which is the top eight, which was incredible. But also you are a mad lad with uh, the gaming crew, Guts and Gits, or Gits and Guts. I like to say Gits first because they had the better faction out of yep. the Guts. Yep. That's that's true. <laughs> everyone knows I'm a, I'm an insane moon clan grot fanatic uh waiting for my day that the goblins are great again
1: <laughs> you and me both <laughs> that's my 2020 what a, army
0: what a day but Russ hello welcome let, let you talk for a second G'day welcome
1: yeah thanks man thanks for having me appreciate being here
0: so we're going to talk ogres right um for the people who are joining us and We're going to talk a little bit about your hero's journey, but more importantly, I want to kind of get into your head because, look, Ogres are in a good position right now. Like, you know, we're definitely in this hero hammer elite style of of game right now where people are safe stacking, people are doing mortal wounds, people are doing monsters, you know, like the odds are stacked up in your favor but not a lot of people are talking about ogres. It's certainly not at the top of the top five that most people would kind of talk about. You know, if you say, who's going to do really well on a tournament, ogres are probably mid. Um, And I don't know if people have dropped playing with ogres and they've gone to something else or it's just under people's radar. But when I looked at your list, I thought it was rock solid. So I want to kind of understand why you chose them. What did we learn along the way? And what are the lessons for the people who love their ogres that they can kind of take away for their next GT and their next events. And maybe when I looked at some of your lists, man, you got some pretty crack ideas and things that I didn't expect in your list.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks. It was, it it was fun to put together. Uh, The the Beast Collaborators were my first uh, love in Age of Sigmar. So it was uh, when they got the new book and and they kind of got a little bit of bite back. It was, it was pretty exciting to, to jump back into them for a minute
0: did you play with them in fantasy or did you start with the ogres in Age of Sigma
1: just in Age of Sigma I didn't play much fantasy so
0: they're one of the fantasy factions that I I never really got into I didn't get a lot of chance to play against them but um I know a lot of fans right now are super excited about them being in Total War as well so <laughs> it's like gut Buster Central right now um <laughs> people are trying to convince me to play with Noblars I'm like no no, if I want to play Noblas, I will play with Gits. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: So, what got you into? I, I, maybe first off, like, what was the LVO like for anyone who hasn't attended a major event or hasn't gone specifically to the LVO? Um, how was your overall like tournament experience? Like, you know, games aside, like, what was it like?
1: Yeah. LVOs. It's amazing. I've been going since, uh, 2015, uh, very regularly, uh, started with 40 K made the transition over to the the much smarter game, uh, a couple of years ago, but, uh, just great people there to have a good time, drink some drinks and, and enjoy not only the gaming side of it, but also everything that Vegas has to offer as far as, as far as, uh, great restaurants, great food. You've got lots of, lots of places to, to just hang out with your buddies that you don't get to see, you know, you make these friends, whether it's online, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's at different tournaments, uh, around the state, around the country, wherever you're going, you get together all in one place and you get to see and meet and talk and, and just have a great time. No matter where in the the stack rank you end up falling, uh, I, I've never gone and and regretted it because it's always just such a good time
0: and by the way i'll shout out gout here who's mentioning that you have an incredible looking man cave there so i we'll have to i have to get photos of it later or something because that is the envy uh i'm in the studio room that my wife has taken over during the week because she works from home she's like i need your stuff more than i do so i'm to like, like okay wife. <laughs> just happy happy wife happy life that's right the, that's right But I think for me, like from a tournament perspective, and I I share this because some people are probably getting into Age of Sigma for the first time, especially like from a competitive point of view and third edition might be their entry point to the game. And tournaments seem really scary, right? You know, they seem like something that people are like, whoa, I'm not ready to be be beaten up by like these uh, NPE crazy lists that just want to smash me in turn one. And, you know, while certainly there'll be hard lists, you know, especially competing for the top, I think tournaments like, uh, LVO, Adepticon, CanCon, you know, you know, um, uh, the Bobo in, in the UK, they're very much uh, as much as a competitive event, as well as a hangout with your buddies, meet with new people, have some drinks, go out karaoke, um, like dinners, you know, just talk and chill. Obviously LVO has got the casinos at the Vegas. So, um, it's, it looks like an incredible event, and I've already kind of said that I will definitely be attending uh, COVID restrictions aside. It looks like you got some mad people in the chat as well. I think they're the hero of the Overs <laughs> right now. Which which leads me to asking you, why the F did you take Ogres to the LVO? Like, given the state of the meta, given that people are running around with Archaeons and they're running around with Marathis and they're running around with two-up armor saves and mortal wounds for days, like why on earth would you take would you take ogres?
1: that's a great question. It's uh it's my first love. It does a little bit of damage. I took them to a few local events and they did okay. And I thought, you know what? we'll we'll go for it and we'll see what we can do
0: was it because was it your first love and you were just going to do well with whatever you had or were you already doing well and you kind of were confident that you could um you could be competitive at the lvo this
1: is this is a very similar list to a list that i took to lvo with covid it's like two three years ago i i one of the, one of the first nothing. times, I, yeah, yeah. One of the first times I went to Vegas, I took a list very similar to this, um, and I ended up doing fairly well. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with the play style of of uh, you know uh, of the list, and uh, it was I got to add a little bit of magic phase stuff this time around, which which just made it that much more enjoyable to play and and having to think about every phase and being able to interact in every phase is something that I, I really wanted to be able to do. Um, so specifically that's, that's why we went blood gullet instead of one of the others. Um, you know, if you're, if you're talking Boulderhead, I tried that a few times and it just, it just didn't sit as well with me because they, they, you know, yeah, you get the extra, extra mount trait, but it just doesn't do enough to to really push them across the line. And I, I think everybody's, you know, when they're looking at it, they're focused on, you know, beefing those big, big boys up. But really, there's 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 a lot of other things to play with in the, in the army.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of what surprised me as well, um, because when I when I was living vicariously through the LVO, so I was actually meant to be running a hundred player tournament the same weekend. Unfortunately, I had to cancel because of the rise of Omicron, and uh, it just wasn't it wasn't viable for me at the time. So I got to live vicariously through the LVO. And as I was watching Your Hero's Journey, because I was literally, like, looking at every round, I was updating Twitter, like I was the voice of Twitter. I was sharing... Like, I'm watching this list and um spoiler alert folks um russ Rand blood gullet which kind of threw me off as well because you see more bald ahead you see uh, you know you, you talked about the the extra mount traits uh, the yeah the mount traits and things like that it kind of threw me off and then when i kind of unpack your list a little further there were things that i wasn't common seeing in third edition a lot of people and we will get into the list, folks i, I want to get more into like the rationale and why Russ did what he did, as opposed to here's the list. Justify it, and we will talk about it. But like you, you, you had a whole bunch of yetis that really threw me off because while I understand the value of yetis and people taking like one yeti, most people are taking like yeah stonehorns. They're taking mornfang cavalry. They might be taking like the icebrow hunter with um yeah you know, ice sabers. You might have uh, the Underworld Warband, the guy with the Man Trapper, and things like that. But there were some interesting list choices that kind of threw me off, at least for yourself. So kudos to you for some some secret list tech in there.
1: Thanks, man. It was it was fun. It caught a lot of people. They didn't they didn't quite. I I think that that's one of the things that uh, maybe helped me a little bit more is is people didn't quite know how to deal with what they had in front of them.
0: And I think that's one of the cool things. Like I was talking to Gavin yesterday, um, who obviously won the LVO, and we were talking about going with off-meta lists and, you know, do you have to follow the meta and do you have to run, like, the absolute optimum lists? And the answer is no, because you can still do well with, well, Beasts of Chaos. Now they've obviously got a, an uptake to the White Dwarf. <laughs> but, like, you can take Gits and corn. and most people aren't used to certain aspects or the six-inch pile-in from a bloodthirster or some of the crazy fanatic fight first shenanigans that people have forgotten about because they're not people remember Lumineth people remember Stormcast people remember Marathi and her bow snakes but what do I do with yetis and and like what what is all these piling shenanigans that you do so yeah, that's, it's, that's, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's lots of fun to, to, to have those conversations and, and a lot of the opponents, you know, it's, you talked a little bit about people getting into the, into the the hobby, into the organized play and, and being a little bit afraid to do that. But I would just strongly, strongly encourage you to get out there and do it because it's only going to make you learn and if you talk to your opponent and and ask them questions and talk list tech with your opponent across the board it, it just helps strengthen that relationship and it makes the next you know two and a half three hours that you're sitting across the table from them more enjoyable
0: yeah i was saying yesterday and i've said it many times that those first five minutes of, a, of meeting a, a player is so important to set the etiquette to get to know them so you can build rapport and conversation and have a laugh and when the dice go poorly for yourself have a laugh when something goes really hot for your opponent I congratulate them often um sometimes I I might go but but it's but it's but it's always in jest and it's a bit of fun as opposed to you know getting frustrated and you know again it's a shared experience so uh, I couldn't agree more which probably leads me to who did you face you know was there a particular um particular lists that you fought and were you expecting to fight them i guess you know what were you anticipating from like a meta perspective
1: yeah i, I mean going into it i i listened to your discussion with gavin and he puts way more thought into it than i do <laughs> um i was uh you know i i was worried there was going to be a lot of giants i was worried there was going to be a lot of dragons there were um you know i we, ha- we don't have a, a really strong daughters of Cain uh, force around here and so i know that they're powerful um i don't really know what to expect when playing them so i was a little bit nervous to some of those things but you know as you're as you're playing with 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 the person across the table from you or as you go to events you can't make a plan because you don't know what you're going to face and there's a lot out there and you just have to be ready to 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 play your game and to try and make it as enjoyable an experience for yourself as well as your opponent to to you know to kind of get through it you know win or lose and and have a great time. So um I didn't I, I wasn't I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily expecting um to to face anything but I knew that I'd be facing probably some dragons. Um you know I got a I got a big uh, I had two living cities that I faced. I faced a Big wa player. It was a, a great uh, experience. He had uh, a very interesting list. It was just a, a jumble of, of of everything from the Oracle Codex. And then I played uh Seraphon, I played Ridge and that was that was a very fun game. Very very enjoyable game to play uh, against him and then um uh, Night haunt Ideneth. So I got a I feel like I got a really good um breadth of the field to to kind of enjoy my time and play new armies so it was it was it was all over the place i felt like
0: how did you find your army responded to the, the armies because I, I guess you know if i'm going to a tournament i'm not thinking about how do i handle night i'm not thinking how do i handle big war especially like big war i've yet to see a um high performing big war anyone who's a big war fan will notice that it's absent on my channel purely because I haven't seen it yet. And even Cruel Boys, like I've only ever seen shooting Cruel Boys do well. I'm yet to see a positive Gut bu- uh, gut buster, gut Ripper build yeah. um, Cruel Boy list. But, you know, if I'm going into LVR, I'm thinking that um, I'm going to fight Bow Snakes. I'm going to fight Long Strikes. I'm going to fight Forminators and Dragons. I'm going to fight some Hero Hammer, whether it's Nagash, Archeon, Marathi, you know, I could count the the hero hammer that's kind of happening right now. Um, they're the kind of things that I would expect, but it sounds like you had an interesting path and maybe the meta is too vocal. You know, people are like whinging and whinging about certain armies like sons, or maybe it's not as bad as what people are expecting. I don't know if you have any thoughts or.
1: Um... I, I definitely don't think it's as bad as people are, are talking about. That's one of the great things about age of Sigmar is it's, there is enough randomness in the game. There is enough that that you don't see the hard stops like you see in 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 the sister game. Um, the the field has. I mean, this year was it was very interesting because it seemed like it was kind of going that direction with so many dragons out there. Like there were more dragons... You know, that was like the single most faction that I've ever seen at AOS. But I mean, you look at the top eight, and we had only one repeat of a faction in there and and all the rest were were varied and it's been like that every, you know every year it's just that there's enough diversity out there in the field and the game is such that if you're if you're playing it well regardless of the army you're playing you have the potential to do good
0: and that was part of our discussion yesterday with gavin is that um you you don't need to worry, over-worry about the meta, you know, like how do I handle this? How do I handle that? I think the, the clarity comes down to how well do I know my own army mm-hmm. and then how do I respond? Because you're right, like you just don't know the run that you're going to get. I'm curious to know, though, should you have faced, you know, dragons or some of these other armies, you know, like bow snakes, uh, long strikes, you know, some of the, the things that are the boogeyman right now in the meta, sons um how do you think you would have went you know if that would have happened obviously you know opponent aside you know a great yeah. opponent would obviously be a different bit like just from a faction point of view how do you think you would have went
1: yeah so um there are some things that i that i do in my list to kind of try and mitigate some of that long range heavy hitting damage stuff um and so that uh the couple of times that i have played dok it's it's been uh i've been able to um kind of mitigate some of that damage by by getting getting them in close combat with things that aren't really that important so that they can't snipe out the stuff that is going to hit and do hard until it can hit and do hard and be there um so so the the shooting didn't really scare me going into lvo um as far as as far as the um the gargans they're I, I would have been nervous to play a Gargant player, honestly, because it, it takes two Stonehorns to maybe kill a dragon, and if he's got three other Gargants out there, um it, it could, be, could be. And tough. I can tell
0: you, as a Gargant player, I hate playing you. <laughs> I true, I truly hate as a Gargant player. And I'm actually playing Gargants in a couple of weeks with Kragnos. I despise hate playing beast uh, uh, your um, ogre more tribe slash um, beast claw raiders because you do everything better than me. You're faster than me. You're more durable than me. Some of my shenanigans, like being able to pull out banners and things, I can't do against you. Often you charge me. Obviously, Kragnos brings that a little bit different, but usually I find that I rarely get the charge into. Um, into stonehorns and thunder tusks, it's always you charging me, and then I again I lose some of my damage. So it's always kind of frustrated me. Like, uh, like I've beaten you, but like it's a much harder game as a gargant player when I'm up against a stonehorn.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes me feel a little better. I won't be so scared okay. to face him next time. <laughs> I, <hate you> so <laughs> I just go much. straight in right where I want.
0: <laughs> just because you've got more bodies than me, especially yeah. like if you've got a couple of units like, you know, Mournfang Cavalry where, you know, I've got to focus my attention on pulling the Stonehorn down. And then you're going around me with, you know, Yetis and bloody Icebrow Hunters and the, the little Mantrapper dudes. And you like and like, there's only so many things I can handle. And unfortunately, mono on mono, I don't think it takes a lot of effort for a mega gargan to pull down a stone horn. I usually have Mm -hmm. to go double team just to pull it down. And then you're kind of wrapping around me doing other things. So, Um, but I do want to quote this, this point, which is really interesting because while we are going to heavily focus on the beast claw, right? Raiders side of the ogres, I'd be remiss to not talk about the other side, which is the man eater side and the dad bods. And, um, I'd love your perspective on where they are right now. And, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot, not a lot of people are playing them and I don't know why. Is it the coherency issues? Um, is it, they just don't have the the mortal wound and, you know, the the range output to handle some of these things. Like what is it from your side of the fence?
1: Yeah. Looking at the entire book, um, it, it's nice because there is a lot of, a lot of options in there, but but really the options that can get work done is is kind of kind of limited um I feel the dad bods they just they just don't have uh enough bite like they're gonna sit there and they're gonna take a hit but but they don't do much else and they're really point it, it, they're very expensive they cost a lot of points biggest weakness in the book is um is is a is a cheap. Battle line, cheap screen uh you know there's there's nothing to really kind of protect what needs to be protected um so you have to be really smart with how you're deploying how you're setting up and how you're approaching the game um as as far as you know the the other ogres um man I can't remember the uh the the shooty the shooty ogres
0: are uh, the iron blasters yeah the I have a, I have, I have a
1: good buddy who's who plays the kind of the iron blaster faction and he does pretty well with them with the um the big cannon guys and then the the guys that are running around with the the cannons holding them they they shoot a little bit they can punch pretty hard but they don't do it overly well they do it mediocre well you know kind of middle of the road
0: yeah like scrap launchers are okay uh the iron blasters are decent in short range i think that's probably my only my only issue is that you don't have a lot of long range tools and the ones that you do do like the scrap launchers are just rubbish. Um, I, I'm not a fan. Um, things like noblas, I think, are a, a worthy screen if you're looking to protect yourself against, like, if, if iron jaws or really fast armies coming at you, you might want to go, you know, noblas to kind of screen. Then you hit them um, if you're not being low drop. But yeah, I think at the moment, just your man eaters and some of the others, like the fire bellies, and just. It feels like coherency, especially because you're not going to take a minimum unit of three, right? You're going to take five or 10 and you don't have a lot of range. You don't have good attacks. So I think that's kind of why I'm better off. I feel right now, Mornfang have, you know, your Stonehorns, your Thunder Tusks, and then sprinkle in with things like Butchers and, you know, special, special things as opposed to heavily investing in dad bods. Yep.
1: Yep. Even, even fang for the, for the output that they have, they've got a lot of wounds, but in my experience they don't hit very hard and they're and they're pretty expensive uh as you know 160 points for for two of them that yeah that's that's a lot of points for for not 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 much
0: But there's six wounds a piece aren't they they're six wounds
1: they're they're pretty hefty i i can't remember off the top of my
0: head i think they're six wounds so they're quite tanky they're a good little screen um because you tie somebody up for a while yeah um you know you can't ignore them because they will tie you up and grind you down for a long time so um yeah I can see why the ogre uh, sorry, the, the beast claw raider side is definitely the stronger side right now and look that time may change you know a a white dwarf supplement maybe who knows you maybe you'll get ren seven as well like our beast of chaos that or maybe something comes up that right now i can see why you would go heavy beast claw
1: or or we leave the realm of beasts
0: <laughs> well that's 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 not that's not far coming like the, and then you know the changing from the gurish heartlands into something else might completely change the game uh, aaron wants noblah battle line that would uh, be beautiful see i would actually partially disagree because if you made them battle line it's an easy um uh, broken ranks but if they're not battle line then you can use them as a screen and give away no battle tactics. <laughs>
1: I have nine Yetis in my list. They're, they're getting broken ranks no matter what. Like, <laughs> that's never been a concern of mine.
0: <laughs> so how did you build your list? Like what was in your thinking about this this LVO list? Because you've obviously done well previously going in and you mentioned between major tournaments, you wanted to get some magic into your list. What was some of your thinking based on either the strengths of the book and or what you were thinking you were gonna lean into, you mentioned dragons, you know, shooting, shooting, uh, mortal wounds, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So, uh, when I, when I approached the list, you know, I,
0: I just, <laughs> uh, the kitty cat, the kitty cats is, yeah, there they, they are there they are like if go. you're running like your Ice brow hunter with some kitty cats and yeah that's an easy broken ranks target uh, as well
1: uh, yeah and and they don't give you much of a screen they're they're not many <laughs> they're they're not very very durable but uh going into it it's it's uh it's looking at you know what's fun in in the book for me i, I want to enjoy my game those, there's nothing better than a charge from a frost lord on stonehorn um they just they're, they're they hit so hard they're fun they're they're good in the book they they move really well uh they live forever um as many of my opponents uh cried <laughs> cried cried very salty tears about not being able to take them down um but uh you know i look i look at what's fun i wanted to get a couple of those in there um I love the idea of the Yetis as the battle line, just because I think Mornfang are too expensive for what they do. Um, yetis have better mobility. Yetis um, are, are a little more underlooked, you know, uh, as far as across the table. If somebody sees Yetis, they're like, ah, not not really that big a deal. But they've got, you know, if you've got Mornfang, they're they're like, that's going to be a tar pit. That's going to that's going to stop me, um, and so. I really, uh, to get everything that I wanted in the list, it, it, it kind of worked out the way it did. Rothgarn, he was MVP, um, had to make sure to get him in the list. Um, he just adds too much versatility, uh, uh through, through, through and through. He, he, he does a great job, um, with his little man trappers. So
0: mm-hmm. He's a jerk just on behalf of myself playing. I remember playing against um, a gentleman, uh, Martin Pask, in in my server. And um, he played with and I was playing against that. And Marathi, he put it on arcane terrain near an objective, the little man trap. And I bloody walked onto it with Marathi to put a wound (laughs) on her. I'm like, you're a dick. I want the arcane terrain. But I also like
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That that trap. You you put it out on the board and you tell your opponent what it does and they they say, wait, it what does it do? <laughs> so it's it's a, so it's good. Kind of, like yeah, it's
0: surprise. so good. Like it's good to see some underworlds Warband doing well. I think it's probably probably count five on my hand, some underworlds that I'd actually bring into my list. That is definitely one. I think it's great. And just want to call out Bartek's comment as well. Um I actually haven't done the maths on this, but with gluttons are if you double reinforce gluttons, and if you're saying what you're saying is true, and there's 750 points, that's insane. Like that, if if that's what you, if that's true, like I can get a unit of 30 phoenix guard, which are more durable for half the price. Oh no, maybe not half the price, but close. To, I, I, I'd, I'd get better value from phoenix guard. That's insane. Yeah,
1: you. I mean, you could put, uh, you could put Kragnos in your list. You could get two Lords on stonehorns.
0: <laughs> Kragnos? Unit of gluttons, Kragnos. Yeah, the gluttons. How do you think Kragnos would actually go? Because I actually saw some some beast claw rated players doing like Kragnos with double stone horn to get the three d six charge. To obviously do is it metal cruncher that does the mortal wounds on the.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not metal cruncher. It's it's a, a different one. But yeah, it's the.
0: It's the, it's the mortal wounds like you roll yeah. like like the like the high the the charge roll is the amount of mortal wound dice yep. that you roll and yep. you know doing it on a three d six would just it could be a massive massive mortal wounds on the charge before you've even done anything in combat
1: yeah it could be huge uh, again I think uh, for for the list itself I think Cragnarl was a little too expensive to get two two Stonehorns in there with him that would be that would be a completely different focus and you're only you're you're banking on that charge, and that's that's the only thing you're going to do. And if you don't do that, you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> you say that because <laughs> in a tournament coming up in two weeks, I'm running Kragnos, <laughs> double Gatebreaker, and a and a, a little baby gargant. I'm like I'm yoloing it. Like.
1: <laughs> I don't want to think make, about this next event. I'm just going.
0: <laughs> and I'm just I'm just eating up the board. Um, I what I would kill for some cheap screens. Um, but like I think Kragnos does add a lot to to Yurami. But I think the challenge between you and I is that my Megas are also my battle line while your lord on Stonehorns are not. If you were in the same position as I was, and let's say frost lords on Stonehorn were, I reckon it'd be a good, a, a, a viable build. I think you could do what three Stonehorns and Kragnos under 2k. And yeah. that would just be rock solid.
1: Yeah, it would. Uh, the 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 frost lord on top of that stonehorn makes a huge difference because you can have stonehorn as battle line right but yes there is there's there's so much more bite with that frost lord on top um that i i'm not a fan of the battle line uh just stonehorn beast riders
0: I've played against them and they're okay. Like they're decent. Yeah. Um, And you're really taking them for the Stonehorn as opposed to the, me- the what the rider is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like compared to yeah, compared to like the gap between Frostlord versus um not, what are they, what are they called the beast Just you know, the beast, beast riders. riders. The yeah, the yeah, yeah, beast, beast riders. riders. Big difference. Big difference on output and things like that. Um, and we'll and we'll get to your list. You know what? Actually, yeah. we're kind of dancing around it. What I might do instead is I might actually bring up the uh, whoa a little too early I wanted to talk about blood gullet first yeah all right actually folks I, I will spoil Christmas here we go here's the list ready cool we are going to talk about this list um so we'll talk a little bit about how we got to this point and you know what did we learn and you know if you had your time again for the LVO would you have changed anything that might have made a difference but we'll get to that I want to kind of get into why on earth would you take blood gullet and also did the did the more pot come in handy at all <laughs> um it yes the
1: mopot pot is amazing I love it um I, I chuckle because I really I made two very critical errors in my in my game with Gavin uh, I mean he I was on my back foot he is a he's a stellar player stellar opponent it was a it was a good game unfortunately it was faster than I would have wanted it but uh, I put my mop pot in the wrong spot and it really it really choked me out. Um, but, but before that, you know, we, we lack, we lack good screens. So oftentimes I'm using my mop pot as part of my screen. And so kind of trying to set it more toward the front. Um, and, and it, it, it generally works very well to kind of hold up a big footprint on the board and let me kind of build my kind of my, my castle, if you will, around it. And then put my big, my big monsters behind, uh, behind that to kind of get going.
0: What, what Sorin in the chat um, has made a really interesting point, And I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are because, and I've seen this attitude from, from beast claw raiders, um, you know, certainly obviously dad bods are like, love my more pot. There's so many things I could use the more pot for, but always the challenge of, you know, your army is so fast running up the board that you lose um the range of the more pot and you know to refill it becomes quite difficult. And Walsorin had mentioned that he doesn't even own a more pot. So I guess the question for you is, you know, is it is it a a critical piece? Obviously it's free, right? So mm-hmm. having it on the table like you're crazy not to put it on the table, even if it's just a block um block certain parts of the board off or just you know even if you get like you know turned one and you get a, a one cheeky heel and that's it but what are your thoughts on like your side of the fence being beast claw raiders and the more pot do you build around it is it important to your strategy or is it just a nice to have
1: no i think it's i think it's key it's it's very important it's very strategic it's it's kind of part of the secret sauce right because yes the 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 Stonehorn, the frost lords they're running up the yetis they're running up people are people are away from the mop pot but i've got my butcher and my slaughter master that are sitting back by the mop pot casting spells buffing my guys throwing out heals and then i've got the um you know i've got that heal that uh, the beast claw raiders in the blood gullet one of the reasons that i love blood gullet is because it it can heal Right, a horn is hard enough to kill by itself, but if you're healing back three d three wounds in a turn after they just got punched really hard, that's that's really valuable. Uh, so I love I love the mopod. It's super super important because it helps screen. It gives my my butcher and my slaughter master kind of a home base to to be. It's mystical, so they they get that plus one to cast. They're there and and more often than not my game plan or my strategy is going to try and suck at least some of my opponent in close to my deployment zone um, and, and have to deal with those butchers and, and the mop pot there. And, and so it is refilling uh, more than I initially thought it would when I put it on there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I one of the common complaints that I hear from beast claw Raiders is, is that you find yourself outside of your more pot ranges often, but I think I also like when I look at your list versus other people's lists. I often don't see the butcher in the Beast Claw Raiders. I don't see yeah. the slaughter master in Beast Claw Raiders. So I think most people just go full ham on Stonehorns, Thunder Tasks, Mornfang Riders. You know th- those types of troops and don't kind of do a blend like you did. Um, so it's an, it's an interesting point. But I do want to call out. Did you say the pot's mystical? I think so. Right. Uh, if it is, it's it obviously it doesn't give you plus one to cast on spells, but it does give you a plus one to your prayers, which would be important to your. Uh, not mystical, you know. I'm sorry.
1: it's it's It gives you okay. plus one to cast and dispel, yeah.
0: Ah, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wait a second. Like, it's uh, I didn't realize it was mystical, but no, it's not. So, yeah, it's one,
1: um, one to casting and and dispelling.
0: Chorf, we will get to the list soon. I just, We'll come back to the list properly. Like, I actually spoiled Christmas, um, but I want to get into Blood Gullet first. Then we'll talk through the list. So I guess what I want to understand before we get to that list is what were the decisions from, first off, why Blood Gullet over the others? And then what was it within the faction that you wanted to start kind of building around? Because again, as I mentioned, you don't see Blood Gullet nearly as much with this type of build. You do see more of the other parts of the faction. And a lot of people in the chat agree with you. They love Blood Gullet. So what's the secret sauce here? And, you know, is it the drop of the red stuff, Bloodbath, the Heralds of the guppen God? splatter Cleaver. what is it what what are you what are you maximizing so
1: so i've got two i've got two butchers the slaughter master and the butcher in there so they get an extra spell from that heralds of the gulping gods so so they get they get that extra spell that extra cast and that's you know that's fantastic because the the uh the ogre book has some 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 really good spells um and then i mean worst case scenario you're throwing a uh arcane bolt or a, or a mystic shield on on one of your stonehorns
0: so they um, know an extra spell but they can't cast an extra spell or they can cast an extra no spell.
1: no they can't they can they can cast two spells every turn yeah the herald of the gulping gods oh um, yeah, they yeah an sorry, I'm really, and I'm, they can cast another
0: yeah i as i said it i then looked at the second part where it says in addition friendly blood gullet butchers can atta- attempt to cast one extra spell so making it a double caster knowing two spells, hell, you could, you know, you could go, um, uh, you could get an extra spell law through, you know, a, a War Scroll Battalion Enhancement if you wanted even more flexibility. Yep. Did that flex kind of become important to you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. it's one of the parts that I really uh, enjoy uh, about the ma tribes just that just that ability to kind of have a lot of different choices in, in in each of the phases of the game you're playing in each of the phases of the game and and you've got a lot of options in there also the splatter cleaver is amazing you you know normally I'm keeping my big monsters pretty close together and so you get in there and you try and attack with him last after everybody else has kind of attacked you and done a couple of wounds and then you're just dropping uh, a whole bunch of splatter all over your boys and and healing them up. Um, So that, that's really uh, quite good. And then that nice drop of the red stuff. Also there, there isn't anything in blood gullet that I, that doesn't add value to the, to the list and to how you're playing
0: yeah I really like the uh the nice drop of the red stuff and, I'll, and when we get to the list we'll actually kind of unpack this a little further but I just want to call out what bartik said actually is a really good comment so just to clarify the more pot is not arcane but it, should you happen to find yourself near Arcane you could potentially stack it now obviously you got to deploy the more pot what three inches away from yeah. terrain. So if you happen to have like a big based model or you find some type of perfection you could oh actually even like you you know you could potentially get a plus 2 through a combination while if it was double arcane it wouldn't stack I don't think
1: Right right yeah that that is but, correct it's it's not arcane it just gives you that plus 1 to cast plus 1 to dispel the butcher's base is big enough to where if you set him right in the middle he's going to get both with that mystical and the other um it's big enough to do that
0: so so take note, folks. That could be a good deployment tactic. Put it if you do see uh, a piece of arcane terrain, and it does obviously don't chase it. And you know, put your yeah. more pot yeah. to the side of the board, and you know, think smart. But if you happen to find yourself with a nice piece of arcane terrain near your deployment zone, have it next to your, or we'll put the the more pot next to the arcane terrain. Get yourself a nice little butcher with a, a big base, and you'll get plus two to the cast, which is a nice little boost. Good stack. It's fun. Anything else you'd call out from Blood Gullet, and or um, would your type of list differ if you went with um, one of the other builds, like the other subfactions?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if I if I went in a different direction with one of the other subfactions, Boulderhead, I mentioned earlier, I I played a little bit with Boulderhead lists. Um, I I didn't like that it was one hundred percent combat phase you're charging and, and that's all, I feel like the extra mount trait doesn't, doesn't add enough value to, to offset what you get with blood, um, with this, with the blood gullet bonuses. Um, if I were to go that route, I, I don't think I would have the butcher and the slaughter master, um, in the list. And and I probably would go away from, uh, yetis as well.
0: Was there any types of armies that you were concerned to fight? Um, like is there anything that like you don't do really well against?
1: Um, I laugh. Other than
0: sons that. that you thought you thought that you have problems with sons, and, and here you are hearing from me. Um, well, you know, Mister Mr. Sons of Behemoth from Warcom, and you know, I did pretty well in Second Edition with them. But uh, I, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> like I hate playing against Stonehorns. I just get piled in.
1: Yeah, I laugh because the my club. Uh, I... I, I learned a lot of valuable lessons as I was practicing and getting ready for LVO. And, uh, I, I was beaten very handily by all of my friends that went down with me to, to Vegas. Um, and so there's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I struggle really hard, uh, uh, iron jaws. Sometimes, um, they just move so fast. They do so much damage and they just keep attacking and my Yeti's die. So the Yetis die, and then the next squad of Yetis die, and then the next squad of Yetis die, and then, and then his moth, uh, uh, his uh, cabbages is, is eating my stone horn for dinner, and I haven't even, I'm just watching him kill all my stuff. So there, there are some armies that I've struggled with significantly yeah
0: de- and definitely without a screen i guess you know you you could screen with yetis but then you're really just relying on a bunch of heroes so yeah. you know that that'll be a tough grind but for anyone who might be listening to the podcast i'll just quickly read out the list and then we can kind of unpack it a little bit so you've got your husk guide on thunder tusk i do want to hear more about that because people have seemed to leave the thunder tusks at home um most people are just putting more points in their stone horns and they would rather run three stone horns than than a thunder tusk. So I want to know where the value comes from. Anyway, you got your, your huskard and thunder tusk, which was the general with the, the nice stuff of the red stuff. Um you got your blood vulture no surprise. You've also got the skull shards of Dragar, and you've got the prayer of the pulverizing hailstorm. You got yourself two Frost Lord on Stonehorns. Ignore the 12 inches. That's me being a potato, copying his list and then not removing it. Ignore that. Oh, 12 inches. Cool. No, it's just the movement. Uh, one of them has the splatter cleaver where you've got to take, and you've also got metal cruncher in there. The other one doesn't have an artifact or a mount trait. You got yourself a butcher, which is the tenderizer with the blood gullet ribcracker um, spell, as well as the uh, molten entrails. You got your slaughter master with ribcracker and greasy deluge. And you've got, what's his name? Rothgorn. I, I say it's
1: Rothgorn, but I have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. We'll go Rothgorn. Three units of three yetis. You've obviously got his homies, the man trappers. What surprised me um because a lot of people on the internet if you take them by face value are talking about the race to the bottom that everything must be you know battle regiment get as low drop as possible and you've gone lol 10 drop <laughs> you have rather put into hunters and uh warlord which are the two two com- uh, core battalions so 2k on the nose so you're not going to touch your, your your triumph um and you've obviously gone beastmaster given you've got three tanky heroes
1: if they're dead, I'm in trouble. Game's gone.
0: Yeah. And by and and you know, spoiler in the chat, Bartek in there saying pretty clever list to get the ridiculous piling on the Yetis. So we, we'll let we'll let Russ explain a bit more. But um, you know, to Chorf's point, Ogre Soup, and it's nice to see Ogre Soup because I you do often find that people are either going all Beast Claw or all Dad Bod. You don't really see the combination very often, and I think you've done it really well. But taught me three decisions what happened and why you do it
1: thank you thank you yeah um so uh, there there isn't anything in this list that i that i don't absolutely uh appreciate putting on the board and and playing with the huskard uh he makes the yetis battle line so that's 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 key number one is in order to get that battle line in there i need the huskard um i like the fact that he's a priest i like the fact that he can kind of hang back a little bit and and be a support character for my for my two frostlords um i like the fact it hit the pulverizing hellstorm it can be pretty mean you you pick a point on the board 18 inches away you cast your prayer anybody that's within three inches of that prayer on a three up takes d3 mortal wounds so the huskard he just spits out mortal wounds Right. He's got the blood vulture is a shooting attack that he can pick a character 30 inches away or pick anybody 30 inches away on a two plus you're you're doing a mortal wound to him. Just a little chip damage to kind of try and take out those little support characters or those 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 key pieces that kind of need to be taken down. Um and then the 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 blast of frost wreath ice, I think is what it's called. Um it's 12 dice. You know, you should be doing two mortal wounds on average with that, unless you're going up against a a a giant block of guys, which we're not seeing a ton right now in the game, but it is still two mortal wounds that you're, that you're spitting out. So potentially three mortal wounds with the blood vulture and the, and the uh, ice snowball.
0: Question to the teacher. Um, Often you see Keening Gale pop up. Now I know you don't have any more fangs. So obviously you lose a little bit of that, but also I was thinking probably, and maybe any sharp players here might be thinking this as well. Is Call of the Blizzard, um, given that you have so many focuses on the Yetis and the Calling of the Blizzard is casting value of four, it's 18 inches, and you can bring back one Yeti um from, from the list, right? You know, you've got three three different uh, options here to bring back a Yeti. Why would you not go Call of the Blizzard and why is it Hailstorm better than um Call of the Blizzard here?
1: Uh I don't feel like the Yetis do enough damage, um, to, to really do that. It might be something that's fun to play with. It's, it's not something that I, uh, I don't bank on the Yetis doing a whole lot other than grabbing objectives and being a screen, uh, to kind of try and eat charges or eat overwatches. Um, so, so I don't, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight in them and, and oftentimes, you know, you've also got the two war scroll prayers, uh, with the Huskard. And so oftentimes I'm finding that I need to do those. One of them is a heal D3 and one of them is uh plus one, to plus one to wound rolls plus one to wound or plus one to hit. I can't remember which, but so, so that's why I feel like he can, be a better support character uh, for the other guys and, and try and do that chip damage because you really struggle with that long range. And if I can, if I can get that pulverizing hailstorm down and I can do D three mortal wounds to two or three units um, that adds up.
0: And by the way, I fully support your decision, but for someone who's sitting there going, well, wait a second, Russ has gone and got yetis. Why wouldn't he go call of the blizzard? I think building into yetis i probably it's you're not going to get the same value and i think when you combine hailstorm as well as the blood vulture um to be able to kind of snipe off heroes to you know chip wounds off um and having long range threat i think is a good good option Keenan gale is nice but i guess with your th- extra three inch um, shenanigans from blood gullet you probably don't quite need it right yep
1: yep yeah and they're, and they're fast our movement is we're, we're quick we're we're getting where we need to be most of the time and then
0: no i dig it i dig it and obviously your husk guard um does he still heals right is it still heal or that they remove that they,
1: they did remove that
0: he, oh, man it was always something that was just annoying me like you start two stone horns are in my face <laughs> then this jerkwad uh, uh, thunder tusk is healing up i'm like hey. oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah he has a prayer that can heal d3 but he doesn't have the the old heal
0: No, but you can still heal, right? So it's Mm -hmm. a good way to keep those Frost Lords around. And now that the heroic action to heal, um, heroic (laughs) recovery can't happen in combat, it's a good alternative.
1: Yeah, I, I, I cried a tear on that one.
0: Did that hurt you? Like, Did you find that was a big impact to you and yeah, oh, your heroic action choice?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If my, st- if my stone horns are in combat, every turn I was, I was heroic recovering uh, just because they are so hard to chip down. And if I can put D3 back on them every turn, that just makes them last that much longer. So that was a big, a big,
0: a big kick. Yeah. And your bravery is good enough that you are likely to get, well, I mean, you were, you were, you were decent enough to be able to get a good heal, mm-hmm. um, compared to, I guess, uh, getting an extra CP can still be quite challenging. It's like a you 50, know, 50 chance maybe. So.
1: Yeah. Well, and you, um, and your leadership's higher. If you're in combat with somebody, your leadership's plus two. True. So. Ooh,
0: so you're a 10, so you'd be healing, but unfortunately well, yeah, it I think you're. Work. I think it's 11, right? Uh, your bravery think, 10. Yeah. Oh, so that's a husk. I'm looking at the husk guard at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, you're, 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 frost your, your frost lord's nine. Your your nine. So, yeah, if you add plus two being in combat, then yeah, it's, uh, absolutely, it's an 11 to you. Um, but yes, Bartik, to your, I guess I'm calling out here that that is a change you need to consider, which is why the husk guard being able to heal um, is a good consideration, given that you now can't heal with a heroic, heroic recovery yep just just calling it out yes i know you can't do it now but i just want you, i want you to hear that folks <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and then we've got the two frostlers on stonehorn right there uh i played a little bit with putting a mount trade on one and the artifact on the other and i, I just I, I felt like stacking one all the way to the nines was better bang for the buck uh can have one that kind of it can be a little more risky with it and, and another one that's just gonna that's just gonna mash stuff. That that metal cruncher is sweet with the uh, uh D six mortals if somebody's got good armor against you. And then uh, and then my butcher my slaughter master you just want me to go down the list kind of talk yeah thoughts you know, I, or... I, was,
0: I was just i was just having a look to see why uh, i couldn't remember what the skull shard of dragar did oh, yeah, and, yeah. I, and i was I was just thinking to myself why didn't he put an extra artifact on the stone horn whether it is you know amul- amulet and i was just having a look at your artifact choices here and i was just trying to see why wouldn't you go a second artifact on the frost lord so um,
1: so that those well, skull shards are they're there it is i found it uh, yeah. once, per
0: battle, once per battle in the barrack attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy's hero phase is if they were a wizard um if they do so the spell is automatically unbound so um just no no no, no spell for you
1: yep yep and that's i mean that's it, it speaks for itself when there is such magic heavy lists out there i mean i think uh when i played ridge it it stopped his comment and so that just saved me a whole bunch of mortal wounds right out of the gate on the on the first turn knocking knocking me down so i I love the ability to just say you know hand to dust no thanks comment no thanks mind raiser no thanks
0: And there always is that critical spell at that critical time. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, do mind razor in the first turn. You couldn't care less, but when those, when those bow snakes, sorry, like the bow snakes, the combat snakes are coming up, the stalkers are coming up or something is kind of really getting buffed up or someone wants to use bridge or Lachlan to kind of teleport their force up. You can just go no and completely shut down. Yes. Chauf, um, can shut down the magic and, that utility because i play the night in cantor um in my cities build and just having that once per game no no spell for you um can really change the dynamics because a lot of people go through these cycles of buffing up their troops getting ready to to um to launch something at you and just like that
1: yeah 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 being able to throw off your opponent's uh, entire game plan by just saying not this turn maybe next turn is mm. is, is valuable
0: no, I dig it. Yeah, like Aaron's saying, "Sad and the gush sounds echo in the distance." Yeah, it was like, no, 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 hand of dust for you. Like just like, and then you would smash him in the face with a stone horn or two. Now yeah. that, that, make, that, that makes that makes. I guess that was kind of like I would. I would imagine you'd want to buff up two frost lords as opposed to your husk guard. But uh, looking at that ability, yeah, that makes complete sense why you do that. If you were going to buff your frost lord, your second stone horn. Is there an artifact that you like or would consider? Yeah,
1: you know, um, I've I've toyed. I don't know that there's another artifact that that has really stood out that I've given a, a ton of thought to. Um, I
0: know, like you, your two universal the, ones, like the obviously, you could do um, arcane tome and flaming yeah. weapon. You could be doing um venom encrusted weapon obviously is a good artifact choice
1: yeah yeah i've I've toyed with the idea of the arcane tome to to kind of do the flaming weapon shenanigans there but i, I just i i I'll keep it simple keep it with what i'm used to and 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 go forward
0: no, no i'm not i'm i guess i'm thinking like some people might go i really want to maybe they want to go double warlords maybe who knows <laughs> who knows what people are doing yeah, yeah. you got your butcher and you got your slaughter master. So why on earth would you bring in this ochre soup as opposed to sticking purely to BCR? This is where I really want to get into the meat and potatoes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the butcher and slaughter master, I I, I love I love those two guys. Um, the the spells uh, that rib cracker uh, minus one to an, an opponent's save. It's it, it's so money in in the day and age of plus. 12 to armor saves it's it's really important to get that rend in there um and then the uh, molten entrails that's just a a nice little buff to put on one of my stonehorns to make their their uh, mount weapons do an extra damage so you go from uh, a four damage to a to a five damage uh with your with your big horns and then uh, that greasy deluge. Let's see that one. Uh, I've got all my notes, so I don't forget every anything. Um, that one, an enemy within eighteen inches is minus one to hit, right? If they're if they're not hitting my stone horns, that I I love the minus one to hit on the huskard. That's that's just the huskard has a minus one to hit, so it gives him a little more survivability there. Um, the minus one to hit, putting that on a, a stone horn, especially if he's in in a big block of guys that have just massive, massive attacks going from hitting on fours to hitting on fives, it really cuts that damage down.
0: Something that I want to call it with the Butcher as well that I love, because I love psychological warfare. Uh, I'm someone that likes to psych their opponent out, not from my mean muscles, but my, my brain. <laughs> and the spell on the Butcher, the native spell, I love yes. because, because people do, when when something has a potential, they always think worst case. Because I play gits, right? Like, you know, people would ask me, like, how, you know, how much damage does a fanatic do? I go, look, they could roll literally nothing, and they could do thirty damage. Now they're like, they hear thirty, like, oh my gosh, I can't do thirty. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's swingy. And when you look at the the like, Volcarious more, yeah, yeah, there's the potential to just do d three mortals, d three mortals, because you're obviously roll a dice at the end, and on a four up, you get to do it again, and. You could literally pull, I don't know if you've ever had any success stories with it, but it's the psychological, I must stop this spell, because if you happen to roll a couple of sequences of four ups, three wounds apiece, you could pop that hero in the backfield, that critical hero. You could really do some serious damage to that super buff two-up armor save hero. Um, what do you, What have you found with the, that more spell?
1: that's that's always the last one i always do i always save that for last just to make the opponent wait a little bit on it
0: <laughs> so, they, so they let the other spells through because they, 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 they want to stop that one right they they'll, yeah. they'll like they'll let other ones sneak through i love that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's it's always fun to have that you know that tense moment of of casting that spell picking the the prime target and then and then rolling those dice and having a laugh with your opponent you know oh yeah too bad it didn't most of the time you get d3 mortals and that's about it um but when you do get a couple of roles in there it's it, it's fun and it, and it adds for for some laughs
0: yes would you have a story like what's your best one that you've done
1: so um man uh not not off the top of my head uh i did i think i i when i played nate uh Trentonelli, i uh, i got it off I believe if I'm remembering correctly, I got it off on the gash and it went a couple of rounds to, to put, to put some wounds on him. Um, and, and that was one of the key parts to kind of bring him down uh, a couple of, a couple of tears when he, when he got up in my lines, because he's, he's pretty mean in combat right now. I, that was something I learned very hard uh, when I played against him.
0: Maybe I'll do the YouTube thing at this point and say, guys, Uh, And, girls, if you have done this, tell me in the comment section what's the best (laughs) thing you've pulled down. I know, like, my goblin fanatics, right, my five fanatics in one turn pulled down Alariel. I won the double turn, and then they killed down Durthu and six uh, – I think they pulled, like, four or five out of six Kurnoff Hunters who failed their (laughs) stomp. And, like, they just went, like, this murder rampage for 140 points. And I have seen the foot of Gork, I think, killed Nagash. Um, It just like kept coming down and kind of killed the gash, but I want to hear a good vicious more vicarious more story. So chat, let me know. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not that lucky. I guess they say it better be lucky than good (laughs) 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 or my memory's not that great, but uh, uh, another, another really fun thing to do with these guys that, that goes in with the the realm of Gur is the metamorphosis spell. So I'm trying to play, a, a little bit back, I'm trying to get my opponent to 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 kind of come at me and, and have a power base that they need to come at and being able to put that metamorphos on the butcher or the slaughter master to either take an objective because they become 10, 10 model count on a on an objective or to get that to get that charge. Um so it's it, you know it's it, it's a it's a really kind of good kind of tech thing to do with these two guys because people see them back and they're like oh casters they're not going to do much but really they can they can punch pretty hard if the you know if you get that metamorphosis off you get a charge the um the stonehorn has the the bellowing voice which lets you re-roll your charges so if i'm you know outside of three and i get under a seven i'm going to reroll that to try and get you know hopefully more than seven so, and some
0: cool abilities like the blood gruel that lets you heal um, if you successfully unbind. Um, I love the great cauldron as well. Obviously, it like, do you find I know I, I do want to come back to a question in the chat that's a really good question, just to loop back to the skull shard for a second. Do you find, just to close off the slaughter master, do you find that your slaughter master is sitting at the back with the more pot? Do you find it middle of the board trying to support everything? Or are you finding the Slaughter Master is chasing your big boys?
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely not chasing the big boys. Um, the, the pot that he's dragging around is too random to, to, to put him out there like that. Um, I'm keeping him close to that ma pot so that the opponent is going to come and try and kill him, uh, going to come and try and get him. And then that's kind of, I keep them kind of tag team together to kind of try and deal with anything that comes into my backfield.
0: Yeah, it's a good call because the Butcher probably alone, um, like I, I used to play with the Slaughter Master um, as an ally, you know, in some random lists. And I was always impressed with the Slaughter Master. Um, but yeah, that pot is always super random and I just kept pulling out bad meat, which would kill me.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you need it the most, that's when you pull it out. It's, it's that bad meat when you need to heal
0: always the case but Swordhaven in the chat made a really interesting comment that i think i'd love to hear your thoughts because obviously it's arbitrary right but he was the person is asking around when is a good time to pull out the skull shard, the skull shard artifact because i can imagine there are people who are worried about pulling it out too soon people who hold it and kind of lose the opportunity at the right time so obviously you know every game is going to be different but what are some of the good reasons that you might want to notice in the game or you know when would you consider it
1: yeah that's that's actually a really great question because there have been times where i'm at turn five and i'm like i haven't used it i haven't and 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 then it's just a wasted artifact but really what i'm looking for is i'm going to look for something that's going to make a big impact on the game we talked about um, we talked about the, the bridge, you know, if somebody's, if somebody's buffing up a unit to just eat it across the board and it through that bridge, I'm going to stop the bridge after they buff that unit all up. And then it's, and then it's a wasted magic phase. Um, I, again, you know, you're, I'm going to wait for the, the, the key spell that is either going to hurt me really bad or really kind of turn off their game plan spell portals. Um, you know that's a really important one if you're playing uh the sylvaneth flute player guy you turn off the spell portals and all of his mortal wounds that he's thrown out to everybody that's delayed a turn at, at minimum um you've got you know hand into gash coming through those spell portals you can turn those spell portals off so i'm looking for, <laughs> i'm looking for the thing that's either going to impact me significantly and I'm gonna stop it and and generally speaking, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold it for a long time because the Husker being a, a big guy, minus one to hit, a lot of wounds, he can go down pretty easy. Uh so I'm not holding on to it or I'm trying not to hold on to it for too long. I'm gonna look for something that's gonna hurt me or something that's gonna throw off their game plan for for at least one turn. And that's that's the point of it
0: yeah it's probably you know it's very hard right you know because there's some armies that want to get something to you turn one you know you mentioned breach for example portals another one um you know is it something that a auric player is going to want to do before launching their force forward um i would probably say on average turn two to turn three is probably where i'm probably most looking for it i can only speak on behalf of my knight in cantor so very similar rule um, that once per game total unbind. The other consideration as well is um, often when someone's preparing for like a double turn, or you know, going, you know, if someone takes the bottom of the turn and there's a critical spell that they're happy to kind of keep on should they lose, or you might be more comfortable giving away um, the turn priority so you can get a double turn later on. Um, I think it just depends, like, you know, there's those critical spells, you know um mind razor on marathi for example is a a perfect example or if there's a hand of Gork teleport if there's going to be you often can see there's a couple of spells hand of the gash is another one um uh, there's a lot of spells that people uh, protection of techless so they're probably the ones that i'd look for it's turn two turn three though because they're obviously the critical pieces and when people are trying to score the battle tactics and depending on how combat might go you know you can start to rack up or or, or fall behind the vps
1: yeah yep yeah. and, and it's uh, crucial i mean i'm 10 drops in this army and so uh, talking about vps and and grabbing those i'm trying to grab them. I'm i'm counting on being forced to take the first turn and i'm going to try and jump up on vps quick with with this list try and get as many as i can right out of the gate
0: if you are given first turn given that you don't get to choose that are you going for like uh is it, is it aggressive expansion the three monster run within three yeah yep is always. that the one that you would go for
1: always uh-huh yep, yep. yeah it's would it's just you... i i just it's it's uh it's they forced me to have the first turn i'm not gonna give them anything to 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 play with on their turn uh maybe maybe in that case i'm throwing the man trappers out uh on a flank to to grab an objective i'm throwing one squad of yetis uh, you know over here to grab another objective and i'm going to try and put bodies on all the objectives that i can so that i can score the most points in that first turn but not commit anything uh in that first turn because something that that has been a hard lesson for me to learn is to to remember that the 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 game is five turns uh, and and if you're tabled in turn two or tabled in turn three, it, it really, that that first turn didn't matter, you know, play a little patience.
0: And obviously having three monsters and not having to rely on metamorphosis helps get you the bonus VP. Um, so it already puts your opponent on the back on the back foot. Do you aggressively move forward? So if you do run, you know, your Stonehorns and Thunder Tusk, do you move that full 12 inches plus the run roll? Or do you just like slightly nudge forward? Like
1: I'm just slightly nudging forward. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of rearranging, and and then I'm gonna watch for what my opponent does. I'm I'm gonna try and stay out of range of those long strides of those bow snakes. I'm gonna try and stay out of range with my my heavy hitters until until I can actually get in and do something to them. So that's that's kind of the strategy. There is not not committing overly committing with that you know, <laughs> missile across the board.
0: And that was probably what I wanted to call out from you because the temptation would be cool. Okay, I've got to run. So I'm going to move my full 12 plus my run roll. People often could get too aggressive with that movement and then they fall out of that three-inch coherency to score the the bone, the VP. But just slightly nudging them forward means that you might still stay within um, range of unbinds and you can keep especially like your bow snakes which only have a range of 24 you can still stay out of range of bow snakes um i mean luminous different story with 30 inches and ignoring line of sight but your long strikes and your uh your bow snakes at least you can kind of keep outside of 24 so there's not a big threat against you but you've wrecked up some big Mm vp yeah and and the more turns that
1: you can go the more battle tactics that you can get that give you an extra point for having a monster so this particular um, iteration of the general's handbook with all of the monsters getting all of these bonuses really plays into kind of the the list that I've got here because I'm 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 trying to get 3 victory points with every battle tactic instead of 2.
0: And you got to remember as well you're giving away a, vi- a victory point when you lose a monster. Oh, they so, don't So. Well, you just got to keep that in mind, right? So like again, yeah, yeah. if you can hold if you can hold back and deny your opponent one less shooting attack um for example that could be one turn that you've denied them from killing you know a monster so um keep that in mind
1: that's 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 a key with the metamorphosis with the butcher and the slaughter master as well right you make them a monster they can go down pretty easy
0: correct so if you do it on like a low wound characteristic um you could give away a cheap vp on a butcher or a slaughter master so uh, keep that one in mind but anything else you'd mention with the the butcher and the slaughter master or let's go into no. uh hothgorn
1: yeah we can go into hothgorn yeah he's yeah. uh i i love it the 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 three separate units for the for the 170 points um i'm almost always putting hothgorn and the cat in in reserve um depending on who i'm playing and what i'm playing and what i'm facing off against um those three little man trappers they can they can be a great speed bump to try and protect if you've got somebody that's coming at you hot and heavy they can be a pretty good speed bump to to slow things down or you throw them you know way over on another objective if you've got your your castle over here and then they've got to be like well if if i I don't want him to keep getting that victory point over there for holding that objective. So I have to commit something over to kill those three noblars. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's they're They're fun to play with. They, they add a lot of thinking into how you're approaching the game.
0: Great for scoring a battle tactic as well, coming from in, you know, coming from reserve in your opponent's territory and then having two units because they're three units available, right? So you could do two of the three in your opponent's backfield it's hard to screen out a couple of models and you've scored a battle tactic while majority of your force is in the center scoring, killing, doing its thing. So um, I always love that versatility on its own.
1: Yeah. Yep. And and is always going to come in with the cat like they always are coming in together. And so it, it, you're always going to get that. Battle Tactic, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. being in in the opponent's territory. They're also great because they are two different units. Um, they're great for getting into the bows. They're great for getting into those those big, scary, shooty units because first you charge with the cat, he gets mowed down with the, the Overwatch, or they don't waste the Overwatch on it, and he just gets in with them, and then you're charging Rothkorn in. and And now all of a sudden, they're not shooting something that's, going to be doing some damage and against a shooting (laughs) unit generally they're not close combat efficient and so he's very survivable in there and with it being two units they're having to split their attacks and you're just barely tagging them so they're not getting a ton of attacks so they're they're really they're really a a menace in in an opponent's backfield that they they have to deal with
0: And, and and that 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 is a great call-out because there is more and more long-range shooting, whether you're talking about your cruel boy bows, you're talking about your daughters, you're talking about your sentinels, you're talking about your long strikes. There's a lot more iron drakes or even like there's a lot of shooting out there. Having a cheap throwaway unit that you can tie up Unleash Hell, then your Frost Lord or or, or your your Thunder Tusk can charge in or even your Yetis can charge in Mm -hmm. at least then means that your, your crappy part of a free unit um, soaks up that damage yep
1: and 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 by the time they kill him your stonehorns are there
0: yes plus you haven't given away broken ranks so it can't be chosen you've probably scored some points from being having two units in your opponent's backfield so it's only upside with this unit i i I think if i was an ogre player i would this would always be an auto include i there's very few reasons i would not have this like even just being up to like put a put a trap on arcane terrain as well. You know, like every wizard wants to sit on arcane terrain or every priest wants to sit on mystical terrain. Put a trap on it and start chipping away at some of these heroes, then you go throw your blood vulture, your hailstorm, and you know, remove some of those squishy heroes as well. So um it's just it's just upside.
1: Yeah, yeah that that rule for anybody that doesn't isn't familiar when you set the man trappers up in the first hero phase I should say you you put a trap token on one piece of terrain on the board. I think it has to be outside of your enemy's deployment zone, but yeah. it just it adds a little bit of uh, again making your opponent say "Oh crap, this big piece of terrain in the center of the board. If I get too close to it, I'm going to take D6 mortal wounds." Uh, you know, one time.
0: Yeah. And again, like, you know, we're talking those squishy five wound heroes, like, you know, you're not going to, especially in the backfield, right? You know, you you want something that can project power. You're not going to have like your super casters, you know, sitting in the back. You, they want to be in the middle of things, right? So the, the D3 mortal wounds ties in perfectly to take away those five wound heroes. And again, you know, a blood vulture or two and, you know, you pop the five wound hero that had a critical spell that they really needed. So um, again, only upside. Yeah,
1: they weren't the spell that they weren't able to get off the first turn or the second turn because you school
0: sharded it, and then the poor bastards do a, a miscast that when they actually like <laughs> they soak up the damage and then they miscast and kill themselves. Which um, I've seen Marathi do where she takes her first wound or her last wound from a uh, from from that like that kind of miscast, but. So you got your you got your your Underworlds Warband, great Underworlds Warband. Talk to me about these Yetis because there's some shenanigans here between uh, Blood Gullet and the Yetis that I think most people are not seeing, or at least will uh, your opponent will underestimate.
1: Yeah, so so the Yetis they're they're fast. They, they their regular move is is nine inches, um, but if they're within. I can't remember if it's twelve or eighteen, but if they are wholly within twelve or eighteen of that uh, huskard, the general,
0: the general, the friendly units, the, the drop well, of the nice stuff.
1: So not the drop of the nice stuff. It's oh. it's the huskard ability. They can run and charge. Um, so that so they're 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 quick, and then they've got the nice drop of the red stuff in there as well that allows them to pile in an additional three inches. Yetis have the good pile in to where they can pile in six inches, and or they can activate to pile in if they're uh, within that six inches. So really, you can potentially get a nine inch uh, pile in uh, when you're, you know, without even having to charge.
0: Is that on the th- the card on Thunder Toss? Yes. Uh huh. Do you know what the what the rules called? Is that yeah, the winter? I got it right. Yeah, it's okay bo- Yeah, I
1: think it's winters.
0: I'm seeing a lot of 18 inches between Blaster, the Frost Wreath, the Blizzard speakers. Like they're all 18 it's the, inches, it's so the, they're it's
1: quite. The Bli- no, it's not the Blizzard speaker. Oh, it's the, it's a Yeti specific rule. I'm sorry.
0: Know <laughs> no, your army, Tanner. I'm looking at the, so oh, the husk I'm like, where is this rule? It's
1: wholly within 16 of a Thunder Tusk. They can uh,
0: run and charge.
1: So ah, that's so that's this, a Yeti this, specific rule.
0: Okay. So that's on the Yetis. That's on. The, so, okay. This is another interesting point. You know, I said right at the start with the list, why would I go with thunder task as opposed to a, another stone horn? Then here's another example of the synergy where by having the keyword thunder task, thunder task, it would allow you to run and charge. Why is that important?
1: <laughs> Again, eating, eating overwatch, uh, stopping shooting from, from shooting your, um, the, the stuff that you don't want to be shot. Um, getting into your uh, enemy's backfield, grabbing those objectives when they're, you know, oftentimes I'll find that the Yetis, I have, you know, one Yeti left and, and he's just kind of hightailing it out of there to grab objectives or to, um, but yeah, so, so there's, they're, they're very mobile. Um, I like them for that. Um, and, and with uh, all out attack They can do a little bit of damage. They, they're, uh, three attacks. They hit on fours, wound on threes, minus one with two damage. So, um, if I have the opportunity, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them all out attack and and attack. They don't have a a sergeant or a a commander in the unit, so they can't cast it on themselves, which is kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, oftentimes that's kind of icing on the cake if they're able to, to do some attack.
0: Plus, what's great is they also naturally cause a minus one to hit against them as well. So they're yes. going to potentially take a little bit less damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to me about the piling shenanigans here. So you got your you've got your blood gullet rule, which allows you to do an extra three inch pile in when you're wholly within twelve of the general. Mm-hmm. Then you have a separate rule. So you've got the bounding leap, which um, the unit is eligible to fight in the combat if it's within six inches, as opposed to three inches. Uh, it can then move an extra three inches when it's piling in. So there's two separate rules, all interacting with the pile in. How does Blood Gullet and the Yeti rules come together, and what are you doing to take advantage of it? I
1: this may be somewhere that that I could uh, play a little bit more with it, but I'm really not trying to get my Huskerd too close you know <laughs> we're way we're way far across the board and, and the huskerd you kind of have to protect him a little bit he's going to he's going to come in and and do a charge uh kind of toward the the end of the game but I, I i try and keep him close to the stone horn so that nice drop of the red stuff is is letting them pile in that additional uh 3 inches. as far as the yeti's go i, I haven't really found i haven't had any game changing moments to where I'm like, I need a nine inch pile in they're within 12 and I'm, and I'm piling in nine inches or they're within 12 of the Husker. That's a lot of check boxes that have to be ticked before it to actually activate before it can actually activate.
0: Because your Yetis can't come in from reserve. Can they? Correct. They cannot. So, so, cause I'm thinking like when you do like the ice brow Hunter, mm-hmm. can he, br- can he bring Yetis with him? No, cats. No, it's only cats. Cool. So it's not like you could do that combination, then you come in on the side of the board, you're nine inches away from the enemy, then you can pile in and not rely on the charge. So that's not available. No. No. You've got no teleports. Mm -mm. No. So you can't take advantage of the teleport being outside of nine, pile in nine. So really, you've got two options. You've obviously got the run and charge, so you can slingshot yourself up in um, to your opponent maybe soak up the Unleash Hell, get into something juicy. I guess what you're thinking about a lot of it is around the piling targets, right? So you could, you wouldn't have to charge. So if you were going to charge, if you were going to charge into uh, Bow Snakes, Lumineth, Archers, anything that shoots, Mm -hmm. you can avoid Unleash Hell because you're piling in outside of nine. And right now Unleash Hell got changed. So it's now a six inch, not a nine inch. Which then means you can avoid unleash hell with yeti's. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other. I mean, yeah. And obviously you can you can get a better pile into something more juicy as opposed to tying into something crappy that you don't really want to be in combat. Um, are they probably your use cases.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's that's something that that is, uh, that that I definitely have used. Right, they they activate, they they pile into the the unit. There's no Overwatch, and then that shooty unit just. Can't kill them with their minus one to hit, so that's. I mean, there's definitely some play there, and that's they are versatile with how quick they are and 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 how much they move all over the board. Um, I really haven't capitalized on that nine inches because I just don't. I, I don't find them close enough to the Husker with that twelve inch bubble, to to give them that
0: benefit. What I'm hearing is the six inches is enough. Mm -hmm. if in worst case scenario, you needed to be more aggressive with the thunder task, it's a possibility, Yes, but you're not not building a strategy around the nine inches. It's just nice to have the six inches, especially with the run and charge is probably enough, right? You can run, you can charge. And even if you don't charge or you fail the charge, if you're within six inches, you can then still pile in um, despite failing the charge. So Mm -hmm. you've almost got like a fail back. And maybe there's maybe there's the reason right there. Maybe it is a a fallback on getting into combat should you fail the charge. And it means you don't have to spend the CP to get into combat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that could that could definitely find some play in there. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Cool. No, I'm just trying to connect the dots. Like, you know, how do how do we make the most of it? And I guess it's a situational thing. It's not like, cool, I teleport that I'm nine. I pile in. But one thing that you mentioned before we went live, which I think is worth calling out is that your three units of the Yetis are sitting under hunters. Mm -hmm. So, so why have you gone hunters as opposed to, I don't know, trying to build in a battle reg, you know, going into some type of like commanding entourage or something.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I didn't go into the battle regiment because with all those monsters, I'm not getting below like four drops. And, and so if you're not one or two, you might as well be 10. And so uh, hunters really helps the Yetis. So they're not getting uh, their those monstrous abilities on them. The stomp really hurts them. I, I love to, to, keep them keep them around with inspiring presence if i if i can because they their leadership is pretty low i think it's a six yeah it's only then, a six yeah so you lose one and that's that's a that's a pretty big deal and and if you lose two you're in trouble um but but also um you know when those monsters stomp them that's uh it, that d3 mortal wounds hurts uh hurts the yetis quite a bit
0: yeah, because they've got a pretty trash armor save. They've got a six-up armor save. You're not going to spend all that defense on them to get them down to a five, and then Ren brings them back to a six or a nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, four yeah. wounds each. So, yeah, I could, you know, you could almost, like, essentially lose a Yeti almost immediately. So, And you've only got three in a unit. Um, mm-hmm. Would you ever reinforce a unit of Yetis?
1: Um, the, I know the answer to this there's, question. There's no but, points. <laughs>
0: but if if you could like hypothetically someone's thinking like yeah i want to go yetis i want to go all yetis i'm a mad lad um would you uh
1: no i wouldn't if, if if i had the points in the army and and i could get six and fit them in then then yes i could see that being viable but to build a complete strategy around the yetis um that would be a that would be a hard sell for me because they they die pretty quick they don't have enough damage output to to really make a difference in the game they're going to be ticky-tacky here and there they're going to they're going to kill a battle line they're going to they're going to do a little bit of something but there's not enough meat on that bone to to really uh make it worthwhile to invest a lot of points
0: into them and they have one inch. The, the reason I would solely never reinforce Yetis is because they have a one inch range. That's the, the sole reason. Yeah. Unlike Doom Bulls where I'm building in redundancy and I'm happy to run a unit of six despite the co- the, the pile-in issues, uh, so the co- coherency issues, it's that one inch, inconsistent damage, poor rend that I'm like, I'm better off just having more more of them if I wanted to or have some flexibility than getting units of six, like it's just not worth it.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, with the coherency, you're, and you're only attacking with three of them at most, because they're on they're on fifty mil bases, so they're they've got a hitting pretty big on fours,
0: wounding yeah. on threes, rend <laughs> one for two damage. So no, I'm not building around that. Yeah, but, Yep. Um, I- I think it's, it's 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 a good, interesting unit, and you know, you, I, I like that you're able to find a different alternative. And by the way, folks, for anyone who's interested, um, this is not about you know um, Russ's ultimate list. You know, it doesn't make you automatically a five and O player at your next tournament. It's not saying that Mornfang are trash and 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 uh, Ice Katsy a trash or any other uh, Beast Lord on Thunder Tusk is trash. Um, it's merely something that you found that's really worked, and obviously take take what you've what you want out of this conversation, if nothing more. I love some of your thinking around the butchers and the slaughtermaster. I love that you brought a different perspective with the the, the thunder tusk, the huskard and thunder tusk. And I think with the heroic actions changing, um, having the heal is a. I think it's worth considering if you're doing three stone horns, maybe go two stone horns with a with a thunder uh, with, a, with a thunder tusk as well. Off the back of LVO, um, would you change this list um, for your next GT, or is there something that you know you thought would work better, or maybe something that surprised you that you want to build around more?
1: <laughs> well, I was I was very surprised to to be where I was on day three. Um, uh, as far as the list goes, I'm I'm very comfortable with the list. I think that I. I had a lot of practice leading up to LVO with this list and I, and I know it and I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. So I don't think that I would change anything if they made, um, Knoblar's, uh, if they made Knoblar's battle line, I might switch out one of the Yeti units for a Knoblar unit, um, just to get a better screen in there. And they're getting broken ranks from me, whether it's with 20 Knoblar's or whether it's with three yetis. three yetis, they're, they're getting it. So, um, I, I, i would love if if they could do that i would ch- i would definitely change that but that's as far as the book as it sits right now um i, I like where it's
0: at what so this there's, there's a lot of passionate people that love noblers i don't get it i i don't I, I, I don't i don't i don't know if they're memeing me or like there's legitimately some secret source in the noblars and and like i look at the war scroll and it's trash it's <laughs> on fives wounds on fives it's a bunch of bodies yeah, I can add plus one to my attack characteristic if there's ten or more, and if it, like like I, I i don't, are people just memeing me or is this some some <laughs> source that maybe they need? Here you go, even like in the chat, like <laughs> rise up. Like.
1: Yeah, I they would if I were to put them in the list, they would have to be battle line, and that's solely so that I can protect the meat of my army. That's gonna. Yeah. That's going to actually do something there. I find I str- this list struggles with protecting the meat and, and sometimes getting it, getting somebody sneak in through the, through the backside. And, and that's hard. If I had 20 bodies on the board, I could, I could screen a
0: little better there. Challenge as well is because they're not uh battle line options, it means you can't double reinforce them. I remember seeing a couple of lists in second edition where it'd be a 60 block of noblars Um, but you can only do 40 right now. So, you know, maybe, maybe in the next box, we've had Fury of the Deep. Maybe we need like another version of the 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 ogre book, and maybe there's a noblar hero that rises up and makes them <laughs> battle line and get 60 noblars in the list, and they can be uh uh the Aldi version of Bloom Spike <laughs> yeah yep, I, I know what i said yep, shots yeah shots fired <laughs> yeah but yes i know they've got traps but i think taking noblas is the trap so just just like <laughs> let me put it out there they're just they're just they're, they are the trap i've got one more burning question before we wrap this up um and i'm sure obviously i could ask you a million questions russ but um from a deployment point of view, I think you know there's a lot of talk around deployment, and I think a lot of people struggle with making effective deployment choices. How do you deploy? And obviously battle plan, an opponent, and there's a lot of considerations, but do you deploy on the line? Do you deploy defensively? Do you spread out? Do you castle up? Like, is there any rough considerations or advice that you would give the, the average ogre player when it comes to deployment?
1: Yeah, for sure. When I, when I first started the BCR playing the BCR, it was on the line fast as I can right into the opponent and do as much damage as I can. Um, as I've kind of learned and grown and and played more with them, I, I find myself trying to be much more defensive and, and, and picking my battles smarter. So I'm going to set up my Mothpot where it's set up. I'm going to set up my butcher where it's set up and we're in the day and age of race to the bottom of drops, right? So hopefully my, before I put anything meaningful on the board, aside from where my castle is going to be with my mop pot, my opponent has shown his hand and i'm able mm. to kind of uh reply to what he does whether i'm you know three four drops i've got my the butcher i've got Rothgarn that can go into reserve i've got the slaughter master that can go down and then i've got a, a yeti squad that can go down and And by that time most opponents are are 100 percent on the board and so i can kind of dictate where i'm going to go so i try and i try and respond to what they're doing while also giving myself uh some some as much protection as i can with the yeti bodies the man trapper bodies in front of my butcher my slaughter master and my three monsters
0: and because you are so high drop yeah you can put down some things you don't quite need to worry about and you're right like you can also see their deployment to kind of get an idea of are they you can often you can read your opponent pretty easily to go right they're going to give me first turn um uh, or they're going really aggressive and they're going to take first turn you can kind of see what they're thinking and you can deploy and what i have loved about doing sons and i imagine you know you in the same with the type of models that you're running that you know if someone leaves a, a flank exposed or not nearly strong enough you can take advantage of like a stone horn coming down and then all of a sudden it can change their like. Well, I was going to give away first turn, but now I'm worried about you crushing into this side of the board and getting into my juicy wizard wagon or something. So now I need to take the first turn just to kind of re reorganize my deployment and my troops. And then you force their hand a little bit. So um, that's probably why I've always enjoyed going things like warlord and hunters. And even in previous editions, I never went really battalions one, the ones in my armies were trash but two I was, i'm i'm pretty okay actually not not being told if i'm going sorry being told if i go first or second because um i'm comfortable responding and i like being able to counter deploy so
1: yeah i'm with you 100 i that's I, I appreciate that aspect of the game and and uh and being able to try and try and get into my opponent's head and understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish, you know, on their side of the board.
0: And you keep your, you keep, you keep your stone horns on the side as well. Right. They're like the last thing you deploy and they're like, where's, where are they going to put it? Right. And I'm like, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a jerk. Cause I'll also like fake measure. I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. And like, I'll measure up and like, I'll measure the opponent and I'll measure the objective. And I'll like, I'll just be psyching them out. Um, and like, I clearly know where I'm going to put it, but like, just going to mess with them a little because then, you throw them off a little bit, like, oh, okay, now I need to protect here, and I need to protect here, and need to protect here. And the reality is, you can't protect everything, so you get the opportunity to pick the the weak spot. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> yep, that's. It's always fun to watch them sweat where you're going to put
0: your big guys. Uh, yeah, I, love it. I can't <laughs> wait to run crack with double gate breaker. Like, screen that, screen that. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> Any final advice you give my ogre friends? Because um, I think you know you have been a ray of sunshine. That we haven't seen a lot of really good ogres in the tops of tournaments. Obviously, you do well, but you know people aren't nearly talking about enough. And I guess as people are looking at their kits, my gargant players, of gargant ogre players that I know, are super passionate. They love their ogres. You know. My Discord gets flooded with bloody ogre memes and like these stupid um, total war gifts, and so, like, they just <laughs> love their army. But, um, you know, I think your performance has shown that it's not just about flooding the board with with big monsters. You know, you can go a bit of a soup. You can bring back a couple of models. I'd love to see more fire bellies. Um, love that fire belly model. I think those, those types of just man-eater type heroes just need more table love.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'd love to see them get uh, a little bit of updates. So they
0: were, uh, so they're worth putting in the list. I'll say that. <laughs> what's, what's your, what's your dream? Like if there's a war, if there's a white dwarf that comes your way or the next battle tome update, we know Destro's not getting an update for a long time now, but if ogres were to get a white dwarf supplement, what, what would you want out of them to, to help? You know, other than noblaz's no, battle line,
1: I was going to troll you with that one. <laughs> Noblar hero.
0: hero comes free with white dwarf at the front. Like, you know, yeah. The necrons and like a slaughter priest is like a free noblizer hero for every white dwarf subscriber. Now I'm going to get flooded with comments like, "Yeah, I want a Noblaze hero.
1: Yeah, um, I you know I love the man eater models. I love uh, the idea of these big fat ogres that just kind of wander everywhere and kind of pick up tricks from from wherever they're at i would love to see them uh, you know get a little bit of an update get a little bit of love uh see them on the board i i, I was looking at them a little bit to see if they had any play but they just again it's it, a lot of the book just lacks the bite that it needs for the points it costs
0: i'm going to say something controversial here with total war three coming out and greasiest gold tooth returning I'd love to see made-to-order, bring back Greasius Goldtooth, the big fat dude being pulled by his Noblar chariots. Give him some rules. Give him like a glutos style of like buff wagon and uh, make it legit rules. Don't let's like made-to-order legends. Like let's actually bring it back. I think that's probably why one challenge with the dad bod side of this book is you have no durable hero. You don't have a big 10 wound commanding style hero and you're often relying on smaller troops or you're going to the beast claw raider side and there's just no synergy between dad bods and yep. the um the the beast side so some type of like glue uh, glutos style um greasiest gold tooth i know i know like i'm gonna create like a petition now there'll be like a great <laughs> the to games workshop that I, I i would love that type of model
1: I'd love to see a new kit. Like, don't don't make a legends. You just give us a new kit. That'd be that'd be sweet. I was, I was trying to be realistic. hero
0: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. heroes, your new kit. This is new heroes.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeti free on the New, new Yeti models. New Yeti models would be would be like if I could yeah. get a- anything. I, anything my wish list would be decent
0: Yeti models. I tell you what, I'd love to see as well. Like now, we're wish listing. Um, the um that Rothgorn Hoth, um the icebrow the 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 kitty cat i love that sculpt i'd love to see more of them and i'm ne- i'm not going to buy this this uh, underworld's warband just for one kitty cat to replicate across my army <laughs> i'd love a kit of just those kitty cats because compared to like this box weird anime style resin kit like no no thank you so um do that folks yep yep you
1: you hit you those are all my wish list items. You got them. No all right. One I'm Santa Claus. Anything. All right, let it happen.
0: <laughs> Russ, are you anywhere on social media that I can appoint people to, if they want to chat to you? Are you in like the Facebook group of like the ogres and yeah, like, yep, anywhere? I,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, a Russ. Uh, Russ Waugh is, is my uh, Facebook gaming presence. Uh, I'm part of the Ogre Ma tribe Facebook page. Uh, I'm not, I'm not super active in, in the social media realm, but yeah. Uh, I'm there. You can reach out to me.
0: All right. So if people want to talk more, Russ is on the Facebook group, um, Facebook Ogre More Tribes, and you'll find Russ and a lot of great talk. It's, it's a good crew. I, I, I'm a joint member. I've been there for a long time. I'm not a I'm not a, an Ogre player, but you know, you've know, got a great culture and people just love their Ogres. I think that's probably one thing I've noticed. Like like Gits players, you're just super passionate about your army, even when they're trash. <laughs> I remember like you know, watching Haywo Twitch. like He just persisted with Ogres were at their absolute worst um, you just stick with them and you reap the rewards later and you just have fun with your monster trucks.
1: Yep. Wait till that pendulum swings. Cause it always swings in this game.
0: And then they come and charge you in the face with metal cruncher and all the other things. But <laughs> I'm going to wrap up Russ, you've been an absolute legend. Congratulations again on your five and O um, what's the next tournament? Like wh- where can I, where can I track your next success?
1: Oh, uh, let's see next weekend. There's a, uh, an RTT down down in salt lake so i think i'm going to head over to that and i think i'm going to take my my dad bods. i'm going to take my beast clarators down there again because that's what i'm comfortable with right
0: now awesome well i hope to see you next year at the lvo because it is an absolute as long as the omnicron seven point whatever million <laughs> version we get we'll see, LVO, so we'll see you in I'll vegas we'll see you yeah just yeah. treat me treat me well don't, 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 be, be nice to be your Aussie friend <laughs>
1: yeah we'll do thanks for having me coach this, thanks, this was a lot of fun appreciate it
0: yeah absolute legend and thank you everyone for joining the chat and don't forget to comment in the comment section what is the best thing that your butcher has done with that spell i want to hear stories about how you killed i don't know obviously you can't kill marathi but tell me that he killed Archeon. tell me how you killed about the whole bunch of phoenix guard tell me about the stories you killed the more crusher i want to hear what you've killed with that butcher spell because it is good when it swings your way All right. Bye now. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord. So link's down below in the episode description if you wanna join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I wanna give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.